Hello, everybody. Bob Oxley here. Time for tips, topics, issues, and positions. And uh, today we're going to have take a look at a topic that's uh, in the news uh, on a daily basis, and it's the word impeachment. We're going to take a look at what is this thing called impeachment, or as one of our guests has already indicated, it's the big I word. Um, and, uh, and then uh, the first part, we're going to take a look at the basics, constitutional requirements, what is impeachment all about. In the second half, we're going to take a look at some of the uh, things that are in the news concerning our President Trump and uh, how that uh, this term is being used around his name. So uh, to get us started, I wanted to first welcome our special guest back. Uh, we have uh, Professor Joe Green and Dr. Chip McLeod from the Political Science and History Department here at Dixie State University. Gentlemen, welcome back. Hi, Bob. Hi. Hi, Bob. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Impeachment. And the reason we're doing this, this segment today uh, is because I'm getting a lot of inquiries from our listeners uh, as to what do you think about impeachment and should the president be impeached? And then I ask a few questions and I'm finding out something that's very alarming that most people don't understand what impeachment is, what's the real meaning of impeachment and how it is um, uh, indicated in our U.S. Constitution and how it should be used and what are the parameters and things of that sort. So that's why I've asked you two experts to come on board and uh, talk to the listeners here today about uh, impeachment. So why don't we, we always start off just with the basics. So the first the segment of this show today is going to be on impeachment and what is this thing called impeachment? So I'm going to turn it over to both of you and can you kind of like start off with our, for our listeners, what is impeachment? And, uh, the, the basics could go on forever. Okay. It, it's, it's a, uh, I'll conceptualize and then Joe and I will do whatever we can do. It, it's a, a combination governmental and political remedy that we inherited from our uh, British forebears uh, designed to uh, take some control over what the Constitution defines as um, civil officers, and we can talk about who they are and that sort of thing, um, a, a remedy for wrongdoing. And we're already into concepts that need to be defined um, because they're very fuzzy, even uh, to some extent in the Constitution. And the only other thing I'll say at this juncture is the only thing we didn't inherit is that if you go through through the entire process, impeachment is a thing connected to some other things, uh, uh, as you'll learn. That was clear. Uh, well, 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 what I mean, and, and uh, it, as, as we'll learn and talk about, impeachment per se is very simple. But there are other things connected to it once one has been impeached. And the only thing we did not inherit is that I'll just go ahead and, and throw out if one is impeached, tried, convicted and removed from office, the individual cannot be executed. That's old school. We didn't adopt that, but that's what folks in Europe did. So Joe, Joe will certainly want to weigh in. Um, <clears throat> the thing that uh, we, to, to get right at the, uh, the basic definition, uh, it is not true that impeachment means, as Chip alluded to, we throw somebody out of office. Impeachment is like an indictment. It's, it's the only thing that I can... It's, it's, a, it's a, an official charge of wrongdoing of some kind. So if you've ever watched Law & Order, maybe a lot of listeners have, uh, the police go out and investigate, and if they think they have enough evidence to arrest somebody, then a prosecutor is brought in 
they go before a judge and try to convince the judge that enough there's enough evidence to have a trial, and the judge then indicts or uh, prosecutor brings a grand jury, and they indict somebody. That is, they bind them over for trial, and then the judge has to assign bail or whatever. Impeachment is that process for a federal in the United States constitutional uh, system for a uh, federal official, a judge, an ambassador, or uh, the president, or a, member, a cabinet member. It, it also exists at the state level as well, but we're, we're talking about the federal level. Okay. Right. But the, what we're saying here is that it, it, one of the misnomers out there, impeachment is just referring to the president of the United States. It's all federal. Uh, well, the, the, described in the, defined in the Constitution as, uh, uh, I believe the language is civil officers. And now, who is that? And we've uh, we've had some interesting cases, and we can bounce back and forth. But I, I sort of feel compelled at this point to suggest that it was a really fun Donald Trump comment the other day when he once again made it crystal clear he's probably never read the Constitution. What when he suggested rather strongly that he doubted that the courts would allow him to be impeached. With all due respect to everybody, beautifully consummate, just just ignorance of the Constitution. Courts have nothing to do with impeachment, per se. Wow. Uh, The Constitution clearly defines who impeaches. That is the House of Representatives um, in the United States Congress. The other thing I would mention in terms of the basics is that um, the appropriate folks committee what have you in the house of representatives must draw up at least one what we call article of impeachment i don't know how far we'll go with this we've had uh folks with as many as 11 we had folks with one or two three four five and that sort of thing and what i don't think most people understand is the awesome expansiveness of impeachment what i'm saying is that let's make it ridiculous i hope nobody does anything this crazy but if you got 218 members, that is a bare majority, and that's all that's required, in the House of Representatives to write up an article of impeachment, let's make it fun and silly, against Donald Trump because his red ties are too long, and you got 218 members of the House of Representatives to vote to level that article of impeachment against him, he has been impeached. That's the end of it. Oh, that's the end. Of that's it. the end. That's impeachment. See, people automatically are looking at the process. They think there's a process. No, no we'll we'll talk more about okay. uh, the Senate in the Constitution is charged with trying cases of altogether now mm. impeachment. That's how that works. <laughs> We've had some wacky cases of impeachment. Uh, there was a U.S. senator impeached in 1798. I'm really surprised that it took the folks over in the Senate two full months to realize that senators can't try senators. <laughs> they, they dismissed it. And, and we have never resolved that yet because we've never had another senator impeached. That's amazing. That's amazing. There's a lot more to it than that. But, uh, uh, and it's, it's an awesome power. The only other thing I'll, I'll suggest at, at this juncture is that I don't think the founders – meant for it to be political, but it is. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it, it's, it's a remedy because Congress can't 
do criminal investigations and prosecutions. That's an executive branch function. Right. So what happens if a judge or an ambassador or the president of the United States has done something that uh, the Congress deems to uh, have put the nation at risk in some way? And the founders, uh, they, they thought, will we'll let the states impeach. They decided not to do that, the people writing the Constitution. They said, we'll let the judiciary do it, decided not to do that. And reluctantly, in the debate, in the debates in the Constitutional Convention, they decided to let the House of Representatives bring articles of impeachment, but then have the Senate convict by a two-thirds vote. And the two-thirds vote was that they were afraid it would become a political tool when uh, Congress didn't like the president. And so uh, they'd go in and throw out somebody who'd been elected. So the ultimate check on a president run amok is elections. That's the way it was supposed to be. But what if you get somebody who was clearly uh, a crook, as Richard Nixon was, okay? So, uh, and that's that's kind of the the issue that they and the reason that they they did all of this. Well, and and there there are other very curious cases that, uh, and and I really hope uh, your, your listeners will go look them up because they're fascinating, and they um, help us look more clearly. For example, the senator I was just mentioning was a senator from. Uh, Tennessee, his name was William Blount, and he's the only senator to be impeached. And then once again, as I, as I mentioned, they haven't solved this problem if you're going to do that sort of thing. But uh, there was a Supreme Court justice impeached as well. His name was Samuel Chase. This was 1805. And what happened in his case, to give you, I, I think everybody would do well to take very seriously the, the awesome reach, the possibilities of impeachment, that's why people in Washington, once we get there to the current era, are debating this the way they are. This is no joke. This, this is not a minor thing at all when you go through with that. But Samuel Chase was impeached. Basically, when you look at the articles of impeachment against him, um, he was impeached primarily for campaigning for federalist candidates from the bench <laughs> that 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 was his infraction and of course he was impeached tried and acquitted and that sort of thing uh there was a uh timothy pickering if you go back to the books tried uh, uh excuse me impeached tried convicted and removed uh from the federal bench serving new hampshire uh, early in the, uh, it was late in the, in the 18th century, and some very interesting articles of impeachment, one of which boiled down, it is, he was a drunk. <laughs> he was actually, again, impeached, tried, convicted, and removed from, from the federal circuit bench. But we've never had an actual Supreme Court justice that went through that, the whole thing. Wow. So in this impeachment, it is wide. We're going we're gonna to look at some specifics in the second segment today uh, as to where we're at because this word is being thrown around, and I'm glad you, you made a point that this is so serious. This is not just uh, playing a political game with this right now. Well, let's, let's get to the other thing that we have to talk about, which is um, there are, as I recall, I believe five separate sections of the Constitution addressing impeachment one way or another. 
uh, impeachable offenses are and at the same time are not very clearly defined. Joe can certainly tell you that uh, I'm trying to remember which article it is right off right off hand, but clearly definable and impeachable offenses. This is just beautiful. It's one of my favorite things that the founders did because they were trying to do the right thing, the good thing, but they, they were already uh, well apprised of what could happen. Treason, which is defined in the Constitution. Bribery, which is not. We can talk about that. And also... The most beautiful category you can think of, high crimes and misdemeanors. What did they leave out of that? <laughs> um, they, they did debate putting in administrative mismanagement hmm. and decided that was so broad and could be interpreted politically in such a way that they decided not to put that particular phrase in. And, but instead, they, they, I don't think they improved it much with high crimes and misdemeanors. Yeah. You, can, you can wangle that and manipulate that and massage that. And if we go through uh, what people are really interested in and know a little bit about are the presidents who have either gone through this or been threatened with it. And there, there are more than a couple presidents who've been threatened with it, yeah. but it didn't happen. Um, and what became of all that sort of thing? I mean, uh, the, just, just to toss it out quickly, the first president to be impeached, of course, was Andrew Johnson in 1868. Uh, a total of 11 articles of impeachment. And, and look at what people are talking about with President Trump. When you boil it down once again, primarily what c- Congress was after Johnson about had to do with you get this one nice, neat category. It all boiled down to obstructing the will of Congress. And it was uh, governmental to some extent, but it was incredibly highly partisan uh, when it came to the politicking behind it um, and that sort of thing. Um, it is not inaccurate at all, I think, to say that whatever, whatever else Johnson was doing, it, it, it clearly challenging era of Reconstruction after the Civil War uh, and getting in Congress's way, they had a huge complicated agenda. He wouldn't go along with it. They clearly didn't like him. They tried to impeach him once. They finally wound up doing it in 1868. And it's my all-time favorite case because they had the votes in Congress, listen carefully, to impeach Andrew Johnson before anybody had written up the first article of impeachment. Wow. They clearly wanted to impeach him. Partisan partisan politics. Whatever else it was, it was in part a political vendetta. So it, it is an awesome constitutional power. Let's take a look, uh, just based on what you're saying. What's the difference between the impeachment process with Richard Nixon and with Bill Clinton? Well, that's simple. Uh, I'm I'm tired of talking. I'm just kidding. Joe Joe could tell you more about that probably than I could, but the long and short of it is take her away. (laughs) Yeah, Nixon had um, set up a a, – an illegal operation in his reelection campaign uh, to uh, basically spy on the Democratic National Committee and do dirty tricks and raise money illegally uh, in order to do it. And they got caught. His people broke into the Watergate building and, uh, and were caught. And gradually law enforcement was able to trace the break-in back to the campaign to reelect the president. You'll love this uh, creep 
That was the name of Nixon's reelection group, Creep. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Good committee to reelect the president. Committee yeah. to reelect the president, Creep. And, uh, uh, and it was traced, traced to John Mitchell. Uh, and from there into the White House, into his two closest advisors, Haldeman and Ehrlichman. And his lawyer, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name now. Uh, I'm drawing a blank as well. Whose lawyer? Uh, Nixon's uh, lawyer, the guy who turned on him. Oh, uh, start with an M. I know his name as well. McCabe or... No, that's... Uh, Okay, I'll remember it in a minute. Okay. Okay. Um, Said that Nixon had ordered the break-in and that Nixon had ordered the cover-up. That is, he had instruct, claimed that he instructed the FBI and the CIA, uh, the FBI not to pursue an investigation which had involved former CIA and FBI agents at the committee to reelect the president. And that would be obstruction of justice if he did that. So uh, gradually, uh, some of your older, older listeners will remember there was a Senate Watergate committee. There was a special prosecutor in the Justice Department. Special prosecutor got fired. Saturday night called the Saturday Night Massacre, uh, uh, and John Dean. That was John Dean. John Dean right. was the uh, was a lawyer, and uh, uh, in a, a Senate Watergate committee, special committee was set up to investigate. Uh, the Watergate break-in to see if the president had committed a crime. So here's the Congress now uh, getting witnesses over, basically investigating a criminal activity, which they're not supposed to do, okay? But uh, uh, there was bipartisan support to do it, so Congress does what it wants. And uh, Nixon, it was learned in those hearings that Nixon was taping all of his conversations in the White House. And so the special prosecutor asked for the tapes. That's the reason he got fired. Uh, eventually, that the new special prosecutor took that to the uh, Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court voted that Nixon had to turn over the tapes. Once he turned over the tapes, it was clear that he had obstructed the covered up, attempted to cover up the uh, connection between the uh, White House and the Watergate break-in. Uh, whether he had done other things, we're not sure, because 18 minutes on the day when all of this was going down had been erased from the tapes some way. With a graphic pencil. But with the tapes, the uh, the House Judiciary Committee, that's the committee that does this kind of thing, the committee that Gerald Nadler runs now, who is the guy that will run impeachment if uh, if they dis- if the uh, House decides to impeach the pre- President Trump, the Senate Watergate co- the the House Judiciary Committee drew up three articles of impeachment and passed them. Okay. Uh, and the leadership in the House was going to bring that up the following week, and Nixon resigned in between. So Nixon was never impeached because the House never voted to impeach him. They would have. And in all probability, we had been convicted because Republicans uh, uh, had decided that, in fact, Nixon had done all of this and they they couldn't get reelected if they supported him. So there was probably a two-thirds uh, in, the, in the Senate who would have convicted had an impeachment trial 
gotten underway. And, and it may sound sort of simplistic, although I don't th- think it is at all. Um, as bad as a chief executive may get in his behavior, his official behavior in office, we don't want to convict anybody. That would cast serious aspersions against our entire political system, governmental system, would be incredibly embarrassing, which is if you go back to Andrew Johnson's case in the 1860s, one of the things, and we'll, I guess, talk about that. There's fallout. If you impeach, especially the president, try him, convict him, boot him out of office, uh, there are a lot of things you have to consider very carefully before doing that. And one of the things back right after the Civil War that uh, uh, the Congress had to consider very carefully is the man who would have become president of the United States if they'd booted Johnson out of office. Uh, It could have been even more trouble. Um, They thought about that. And uh, if you like pretty slimy, back alley, back room, underhanded governmental proceedings, I recommend you read some good stuff on Andrew Johnson's impeachment. They, they did some very questionable things to ensure that this man was not convicted. And, of course, his case is still the most famous, not simply because it was first, but he missed being convicted by one vote. One vote. So that, that would have been a further disaster on the heels of the Civil War and Reconstruction the way it was shaping up. We have a different political climate now, but probably equally as partisan. <laughs> yeah, it appears that way. We're po- pretty polarized right now. So. Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. And, and again, well, all I've been saying to, to encapsulate this, we would rather not do that. That, that. that would be a constitutional corner that I don't think anybody who's thought about it seriously really wants to turn. Uh, that's what you're getting from Nancy Pelosi, yes. the speaker, and the leadership, don't go down this road. Uh, uh, if you do and you fail, it makes it look like you've been persecuting somebody for par- partisan reasons rather than, you know, passing infrastructure bills, fixing the border, doing taxes, what, what the normal things Congress should be doing. And it could, uh, in her view, uh, uh, turn independence in the country to Mr. Trump, and she thinks they're right now not probably not going to vote for him. That they have a chance to throw him to throw him out of office in in the election in 2020, just because uh, he's never had uh, uh, polling support, pub, public uh, support above about 47 percent, I believe. Right, and he's uh, you know he he. He dips down from there. Well, let's let's take a take a break right now. We'll be back, and we're going to start taking a look a little bit more closely at the Trump situation and that word impeachment and how it applies or doesn't apply. Uh, we'll be right back uh, right after these important messages. This is Bob Oxley on tips.
Hello, everybody. Bob Oxley back with tips, and we're going to continue on discussing the topic of impeachment. Again, we have uh, Dr. Chip McLeod and Professor Joe Green here to help us analyze impeachment. And as I mentioned to you, the uh, last the segment of this program, this week's program, we're going to take a look at impeachment as it pertains to the current president, President Trump. And uh, that word's been used almost on a daily basis, and there's pros and cons, and we're and the Mueller report came out, and um, we've got Attorney General Barr making comments and giving uh, edited versions of the reports, and all this is, makes it really uh, hard for the uh, the common citizen to get get his or her arms around this thing. So, uh, welcome back, gentlemen. Here we go for the segment number two, and. I guess I'm just going to throw it right out there. Um, we're talking about we've heard obstruction of justice. We've talked about no collusion as a result of the Bob Mueller report that came out. Um, and yet we still are seeing about impeachment. And uh, Professor Green indicated just before the break uh, that uh, Nancy Pelosi, which who's the uh, Speaker of the House for the uh, House of Representatives, Democratic side of the House, is saying, no, we don't want impeachment. However, there's other members within the House that are Democratic that are saying, yes, there should be impeachment, including I think there was a uh, representative from Michigan that uh, joined the bandwagon on that recently. So let me turn it back to you. He was a Republican. He's the only Republican who was. Right. But he's he's a strange kind of Republican. He's a he's a libertarian. (laughs) There's a libertarian in the Congress in so uh, yeah, that's near and dear to your just, heart, isn't just it? Just in a month. Well, and, and and if if you believe that there are other Republicans, of course they're not talking. They wouldn't dare, I guess. Then there's that, and to make this as complicated as it most certainly is, there are people talking about impeaching Barr and and uh, Mnuchin as well. Um, I don't expect that to go anywhere, but they're part of the impeachment conversation. And it is uh, wonderful, enlightening television. I mentioned, I at least alluded to this a little while ago, to catch the president as he exits wherever he's leaving on the, the White House grounds. And, of course, reporters throng him and ask him all kinds of questions. And uh, he's the one who, so far as I know, began refusing to use the word and calling it the I word. <laughs> and as I suggested as well, um, Facts of life sometimes are hard to ignore, and a president of the United States who would suggest that somehow the courts could protect him from impeachment per se is uh, a a little sad, but nonetheless... Ill-informed. Well, (laughs) ill-informed. And uh, so, yes, there are many, many different angles to this whole impeachment consciousness, including uh, the president himself, who has said a few other very curious things. I mean, there is the the school of thought, nobody's saying a whole lot about this, where, okay, impeach him, which means you automatically have to be tried on whatever articles of impeachment. Um, in the likelihood, certainly probability, that he would be acquitted. Uh, that would certainly make the Democrats look about as bad as ever. We we mentioned that. Um, I don't know that he was serious or anybody supporting that approach, uh, how serious those folks might have been, because once again, we don't want anybody to forget that impeachment, if uh, the House goes through with it, 
it is very, very serious and divisive national business. Yes. And, and uh, go ahead, Jim. Um, Jim mentioned we don't know other Republicans in the House who might be willing to vote for it. We also don't know if the Democrats could get a majority of Democrats to vote for it because uh, in the 2018 election, the Democrats captured a majority by taking over what had been uh, uh, many, uh, you know, uh, traditional Republican districts, districts that voted Republican for 40, for 40 years, especially down in Orange County, California. And those people want to stay as far away from impeachment as they can get because that could sway their district back. So there's, uh, it's the politics of this is are are really, uh, the electoral politics of it are really, re really strange. But there are, I understand, 55 members of the House who are willing to vote for impeachment, even though again no articles of impeachment have been drawn up, right. and no one has uh, Nadler has alluded on an, on one interview that there might be obstruction of justice as a possible charge. He needs to investigate more. He said. But other than that, no one can come up with uh, any high crimes and misdemeanors that you would write into impeachment articles. Mm -hmm. uh, there seems to be a feeling among those 55 that Trump did something wrong. We don't know what it is yet. We need to investigate. But uh, somehow he's a crook either before he became president or while he's been president. He's clearly he, – he must have done something wrong. He's such a – bad person so that's what their conclusion based on but the evidence we don't have all the evidence because the report that came out from bob mueller we don't we can't get access to that they can't get access to well that. We, we have other other interesting scenarios as well and whether president trump is serious about having this move forward because he thinks that the whole process somehow will a exonerate him He's all about that. And B, build even more political support uh, when it makes the Democrats look terrible. There are certainly other things to, to consider. And w one of the components of this is that uh, there's little doubt now because what Mueller has locked down for us and sort of corroborated and got behind is that you can't indict and try a sitting president. Uh just tossing something out here that's all part of this. We do not know what will happen in the future. I think Donald Trump would like to be president again for a lot of very interesting reasons, one of which may be <laughs> for the legal protection being president will offer him. My, my personal slash professional opinion is that here we go with all his financials, yes. from tax returns, everything else. Um, I'm relatively convinced that if he were a regular citizen and we got to look at that uh, after another term, if he's successful, he could be, this is highly speculative, he could be another 80-year-old dude going to jail. But while he's president, he's not. But that's a Justice Department policy. It's nowhere in the Constitution. Right. Right. Uh, and so. But we keep arguing about it, and Muddle just said, okay, here's my authoritative two cents worth. You can't indict a sitting president. And when he came out with that press conference, 
I didn't understand what, what are you doing? And all of a sudden he indicated, look, uh, we didn't draw these conclusions, but it's the responsibility of Congress right. to take some of these questions that we had and pursue those if you deem it necessary. He kind of like left it open, didn't he? Well, and they kind of gave him a little direction. They didn't do what some people wanted him to do. And, uh, immediately I don't, it's hard to keep up with uh, the the Trumpian interpretations of what's going on, but one well, of the first things the president had to say was that oh this totally exonerates me and what well, no nah, it's more complicated than that but no um, it it wound up being um, in in terms of politics a very unsatisfying outcome for most people except the people who cleverly tried to spin it the Republicans and, and Trump and. And on the other side, I've got uh, listeners that are indicating that the Democrats are trying to spin it when they have no evidence to even pursue this. Is that? It's a popular political opinion in, in that political camp, sure. The, uh, the claim they make is uh, the wrongdoing Mueller was investigating was the Trump campaign colluding with Russia. Collusion, right. right. Mueller said no evidence at all that anybody in the Trump campaign colluded with the Russians. The second book, Mueller wrote his report in two books. The second book, uh, he investigated where it was, was his attempt to assess whether the Trump campaign, Trump and the Trump campaign had obstructed his investigation. And Mr. Trump clearly thought about uh, firing Mueller uh, and doing other things that Mr. Mueller thought were potential obstruction of justice. But it, in a criminal court, it's very difficult to convict somebody for thinking when they don't act on it because Mr. Trump didn't ever fire Mueller. He didn't ever interfere with him. He gave him everything he wanted. So that would be the claim that these listeners that you're talking about would, would want to make. They would probably go further and say he sh- Mr. Mueller, if he was really looking into it, should have looked into the origins of the charge that the campaign. But that is probably something we ought, would take ought not to take up today. Yeah, I, I just think about the millions of hours and time and subpoenas and that went on over a two year period. And we're back to where we were. We don't have any. I, at least I'm this is my talking. I don't think there's any specific evidence. It's all loosey-goosey stuff. Mr. Nadler thinks if he can talk to Don McGahn, who was the president's lawyer, and some of the other people around the president, uh, especially uh, who are with him every day yeah, that, in that period. What, what was the name of the finance, the guy that's been with them from day one, back when his father was there? He uh, knows right. everything there is about the financials of the Trump organization. Right. He's he's a banker in New York, and the Southern District of New York uh, prosecutors are dealing with him. This is, that's not part of the obstruction of justice thing. That that has to do with whether uh, Mr. Trump's finances are in order and whether, so there's some investigation going on in New York about all of that. And to some extent, you can watch politics dictate this because again while most thinking people are taking this very very seriously we don't want any rush to judgment we don't want want to uh 
you know, implement impeachment in some haphazard way because of all the problems we, we've alluded to that it could certainly cause in many different areas um, and the politics behind all of this. Unfortunately, I suppose, have always been very precarious. I mean, we have a president to, to compare, for example, I think of Andrew Jackson, who uh, there just wasn't the, the overall um, juice in Congress to go forward with, with for example, there was serious talk about uh, impeaching him because if you know a little bit about this era of history, there was something called the bank war. And what Andrew Jackson fundamentally did was try to get his secretaries of the treasury. And there were two or three of them to take federal funding out of uh, the bank of the United States and put it in special banks. And he fired a couple because they would not do what he told them to do. And there were lots of people like, well, this is not impeachable. What is, (laughs) but he wasn't impeached. For example, so again, the political um, environment is is although the the founders would have preferred this not happen, this is so incredibly political, and people are uh, whatever they say about Nancy Pelosi, she's certainly the voice of reason when it comes to this very dangerous um, thing that that the House can do. So, where do you think this is going to go from here? Based on you're my experts. Um, we've got, uh, we've got the Mueller report. We've got, uh, uh, the attorney general that's giving his interpretation of the information that he's received. Um, and there's a lot, there's, there's, there's two sides of the press coming out giving. Well, I'm going to toss this out big picture. Um, if you want Donald Trump to be successful in the next general election next year, uh, impeach him. Really? Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, Let's go back to 2016 and even before. Come on, this guy will never um, garner anybody's nomination. Oops, he can't possibly be elected president. Woo, wait a minute. Uh, it, it may fire up his base because one of the things that we haven't said is that in the background is this sense among, I'm going to go ahead and suggest it is at least tens of millions of Americans that we have the president that we really want, and you people are trying to scuttle that. And I, I do not know that impeaching him will not fire up that base and beyond. Um, and if the Democrats have some hope of being successful next year, they certainly ought to think about that. The, um, the housewives, the married women in the uh, suburbs in Pennsylvania and in Wisconsin and Michigan and uh, what am I leaving out? Where basically decided they went for Trump. Didn't In the polling, they said they, they didn't like him. But, but when they got in the ballot box, they went for him. Okay? And if, it's, he's, if he's somehow a sympathetic figure, uh, this is exactly what happened to Bill Clinton. Uh, he committed indiscretions in the White House and lied to a grand jury about it. But most people didn't think that rose to high crimes and misdemeanors. But, uh, uh, you know, some very rabid Republicans did. They impeached him and it went absolutely nowhere and they lost seats 
in uh, in the in the off-year elections right after that, and Clinton left office with a 60% approval rating. Which is pretty good. Really yes. good. <laughs> if there had not been a 22nd Amendment, Clinton would have run again, and, and given the really horrible campaign that Al Gore ran against George W. Bush and still got more popular votes, Clinton probably would have won a third term. Wow. And impeachment, you know, the... the uh, the, the, the sense that uh, they attack the guy that we voted in, uh, you know, a bunch of elites think they can replace what the voters want, uh, played a huge role in those events in 1998, 1999, and, and the election of 2000. Here's something interesting then, based on what you just said about Clinton and what we talked about previously about Nixon. The president doesn't have to remove himself from office because he's impeached. Does that mean he's removed from office? Is that being impeached? No, 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 no. no See, there's a, and there's a misnomer about that. Well, we, we sort of covered that in the first segment, but to reiterate very quickly, impeachment uh, is purely and solely the House of Representatives uh, voting. All you need is a, a, a bare majority. That's all you need, just a simple majority. You, you have... Uh, written an article of impeachment here it is whatever it says it, it that's moot right now uh when you get in the current house of representatives 218 votes are required when those 218 members of the house go we are going to level this article of impeachment against you you have been impeached there's nothing else to impeachment it's like if someone charges me with robbing right. a bank right they bring charges but then there has to be a trial to see if uh, Again, the, the, I'm guilty. The language is, in the Constitution, it is the task of the United States Senate to try impeachments. Got it. That's, that's different. That's not impeachment. That's trying some so, article of impeachment. So Clinton was impeached, and the trial went on for two weeks. I was glued to my TV. Many people my age were. And uh, in the end, they couldn't even get 50 votes for either, let alone 67, uh, for either of the articles of impeachment that the House had drawn up. So if we look at current President Trump, and let's say that the House changes their mind, something comes up, whatever, and they impeach President Trump, but he still has the majority in the Senate. Well, the the thing the thing is, first of all, the likelihood of him coming to trial is almost nil. No, no, he'll go to trial. He'll go to trial, but he won't be, be con he won't be convicted. Yeah. Uh, and, and I am certainly um, eager if they go that far to see what the article, only ones required or articles of impeachment would look like. And the one thing we haven't talked about is that there seem there seems to be a, a Democrat or two or three or twenty seven or whatever we're talking about. Who thinks? Uh, who, who all think that impeachment will be the road to further revelations about what Trump is up to here and there? Give them further license to investigate stuff that they haven't been able to investigate thus far. But the end game, if if you're thinking that way, I don't know that that will get them much, if anything. But the end game, as we're both saying, is that. Uh, in order to be convicted, the senators, that's, that's the, they're the people who try you. You must have a two-thirds majority, and I don't know where they're going to get two-thirds of the U.S. Senate to vote to convict Donald Trump.
especially when 54 of the senators, 54 of the 100, are Republicans uh, who have every political reason not to vote guilty. Right. And and it, if they put him through that, for, once again, um, I, I think it's going to energize the people who support him because now he, he, he'll be he'll be a little mini Donald Trump martyr almost. And, and it'll, it's going to help him if they do that. So he's yeah. going to be reelected. Uh, well, maybe, maybe. The Republicans are just licking their chops. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Make my day. <laughs> right, right. And impeach him. Thank you, Clint. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, this is great. This is exactly uh, what I wanted to hear from you. And I, I have to, uh, based on just our discussions here, I have to go along with that. I think that if the Democrats, even though it's not supposed to be political, pursue this impeachment, that it is going to act as a catalyst for re-election of President Trump. Well, we 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 talking about American politics and rationality. It's two separate volumes, two separate books. But um, I am I have no problem telling anybody listening or anybody on the I'm not a fan of Donald Trump's, but just because I don't particularly care for the guy, that's not an impeachable offense. That's that they can't do that. That's that's wrong. That's very dangerous. And and and. Uh, Dr. Green, or Professor Green, what do you think? You feel the same way? Uh, yeah, I, here's what I would predict, though. It looks to me, based on the discussions that are going on behind closed doors that we just get a peek at, that Mr. Nadler, who is the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, would like to start an impeachment inquiry. It doesn't mean that they, in the end they would vote articles of impeachment in the in their committee and send them to the floor for the whole house to vote on. Uh, I, I sincerely doubt if he did that, that they would even get the house to vote for it, but he can start. If he starts an impeachment inquiry, he can start calling witnesses and then, uh, but Mr. Trump won't send any witnesses up. He'll claim executive privilege. (laughs) And, uh, and then Mr. Nadler, as they're currently doing, will go to court. And ultimately, uh, court proceedings will determine whether this person or that person has to comply with, you know, turning over Trump's tax returns or uh, whether Mr. McGahn has to come up and testify and uh, whether Mr. Mueller has to come in and testify. He says he won't. And uh, but all of that's going to take. More than two years. Yes. After which we're gonna we're gonna have the election anyway. Absolutely, gentlemen. But, I hate to say this to you, but guess what? Time is up. All right. All right. I really appreciate it. We really have investigated impeachment. I'm sure that uh, our listeners really enjoyed this because it. You, we started off with just the basics, and we uh, evolved through a couple of the presidential impeachments in history, and ended up with talking about the situation with Donald Trump and the impeachment process or potential process or maybe not at all right now uh i just want to thank you again for taking time and and coming in and giving your expertise on this uh, most interesting topic and one that's uh that affects all of the american people ladies and gentlemen that concludes tips for this week uh topics issues and positions on KDXI 100.3, you can listen to our broadcast at 3 o'clock on Fridays and rebroadcast it on Saturdays at 5 p.m. Also, we're on Facebook, Twitter, 
Uh, Alexis, you can ask Alexis for Radio St. George and ask for tips and specifically in this case would ask for impeachment and that will bring that up for you there. Uh, we're on podcast on Podbean affiliate, so uh, you can get a hold of us at any time, 24 hours, seven days a week, and listening, uh, listening for next week. Uh, I'm not going to give you what the topic is, but it's going to be interesting, trust me. Thank you again, uh, Dr. Chip McLeod, Professor Joe Green from Dixie State University, and uh, we'll hopefully hear from you and uh, during the week, and uh, I'll be back with you online next Friday at 3 o'clock. Bye-bye.